Welcome out there watching on video to uh, our Wednesday midday, midweek, I'm sorry, service. Uh, we started a message last week, The Heir's Life, and we're going to jump back into that. Um, you know, we, foundational scripture, Galatians 4, 1 and 2, the heir differeth nothing from a servant as long as he's a child, but is under tutors and governors um, to the appointed time of the father. So we talked about, we talked about at the tutor stage, that's that childlike stage, you know, even though uh, potentially we have Lord of all, but, you know, we're still childish, you know, we're speaking like a child, understanding like a child, thinking like a child. And we talked about just setting boundaries, uh, establishing boundaries and and how we evolve out of that childish stage. Uh, this is the stage where we must grow through discipline to uh, um, grow through discipline to desire the sincere milk of the word. Right? Remember that from last week. All right, so today we're going to talk about that governor stage. That's that servant stage. So you go from being a child to a servant where, um, Again, there's governors because there's there's limits you have at this stage. Now, I watch af athletics a lot, obviously. You know, I you know, play basketball and things like that. And I watch stages. I watch superstars, you know, as they elevate to different levels of position. Like, uh, uh, watch Michael Jordan since he's from this area. Uh, Michael Jordan didn't do exactly the same things he did in the NBA that he did in North Carolina. In North Carolina, he was under tutors and governors. So he, he did some special things. He won clutch games. Um, uh, but it was within restraint. So he learned to hone his gifts. So by the time he went into the NBA, when he was free, his foundation was still uh, diligence and discipline. You know what I'm saying? The core things. Uh, I was talking to a uh, coach uh, that I had the opportunity to marry some years ago. He was on the video. Um, and so we were talking, and I was telling him how special a job my wife did for the birthday because he was on the video. And I said, well, she actually ran into a coach that I haven't, to this day, I still haven't. She spoke to him. I ain't speak to him yet, you know. And he said, he was a coach from high school, college. I said, college. I said, but he probably doesn't know the impact that he had because I didn't show appreciation at the time. But there was so much instilled into me, it became a default. It's a default to this day. Like different things he would constantly, Bradley, Bradley, Bradley! You know, it was like, it's, it's, it's just a part of my default. Um, and it's helped, it's helped me, you know, to be able to be a winner in basketball um, uh, for a long time now here in my life, but just those fundamentals. And it's the same thing. It's, it's when you're on the governor's states, you're, all right, so you're not a child. So as a child, you're probably not even, you ain't even trying to hear it, you know? You know, there's people trying to teach you stuff, you ain't trying to hear it, you know? Me and my son was having a conversation about the, the process that he went through. And he was saying, he said, Dad, he said, I thank God you guys allowed me to feel some things because I wouldn't be the person I am now. I said, well, you got to do the same thing with your kids now, son. I said, everything is not reactive. Some things you got to allow to play itself out. You got to allow them to feel uh, that pain. I said, but it's excruciating. I said, we had to watch you be foolish. And now we, we're going to deal with the consequences of it, but you got to learn from it. So we had to allow that, even though we, we want to jump in. And you know, uh, 
super mom over here, you know, she, it was really excruciating for her. So I'm saying that to say this governor stage, uh, it's the stage where you're a servant when you're learning stuff, um, but it really is equipping you for the inheritance stage. See, the child stage, you gotta embrace, you need the governors, the, the tutors and governors. But at the governor stage, you're embracing the, uh, the tutors and governors, and you accept the role of a servant. You accept the role of a servant. See, sometimes we just get so full of ourselves. What the, other, the other thing I watched, me and my son was talking about this, me and my wife talk about these things, driving at the kitchen counter. Uh, but, but I watch, one of the things I've watched, and I was talking to my son because I know some athletes, they finally got it, but as they started to get good, they would, it's like they didn't want to hear their, their parent because it's almost like if I, if I have to listen to you and I get successful, people are going to say, you did it. No, you still got to do it. <laughs> you know, like, like but, but, but God set it up where the people before you will go through stuff where you can learn their stuff, take their stuff. Now you're already going to go through yours, but, you, but it's all forged into your success. But it's something in us, pride says, you know, I didn't get that revelation from them. They didn't help, help with my healing. I did that. They, they, no, they didn't. No, see, no, I just believed on my own. You know, it's something in us that does that. But when you're a servant, you're okay with, hey, you're appreciating the tutors and governors. Does that make sense? And so, so I was thinking, through, let's look go to Luke 3, because I was thinking through Jesus' process to cross over into all power, you know, because he came down. My wife was saying this when he was driving in. She was like, man, look at Jesus, what he went through for us. Like, you know, Satan's tempting him in the wilderness. Now, we was talking about, we go over Luke 4 in the morning, which we're going to go over Luke 4 here in a second. Well, my wife was saying, we're driving it, just driving. She said, man, Jesus went through that for us because he ain't had to go through that. But he wanted to show us how to handle some of the temptations, right? But Luke, 20, Luke 3, 21 and 22, right? Now, this is Jesus having been a child for a while and embraced that stage, right? And here it says, now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying the heaven was open and the Holy, the Holy Ghost descended in bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven, which said, Thou art my beloved son, in thee I am well pleased. So that's endorsement. You're like you've you've passed the test. You've 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 uh crossed over into a stage. Now now again, it's we're tempted to rest right there. All right, so after the genealogy, which is the rest of the chapter, if you go to chapter four, verse one. Chapter 4, verse 1, it says, And Jesus being, now remember the Holy Spirit fell on him like a dove, right? Right? The Father says, This is my son, one well placed. So that's, that's an approval. That's a, God showed up, right? Right? That's a good thing, right? So that's like you won a championship, right? <laughs> you won a championship. God showed up. But, but chapter 4, verse 1 is the next thing that happens after that. It says, and Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. 
So right after the endorsement, he goes into the wilderness, right? It's, 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 because now he has to apply. He was approved. Do you know when you graduate from high school, your life's not over? Now you got to apply all the stuff you learned. But, you know, we throw our little, our, our hats up and stuff. Woo! You know, like, like it's over. It's just begun, right? You got to apply this stuff, right? You know, you know, some people be walking around for like a whole year wondering what to do. Uh-huh. All the stuff that you were trained for the first 12 years, right? All right, so, so it says, uh, he went into wilderness. It says, and being 40 days tempted by the devil, in those days he did eat nothing. And when, when they were ended, after he were hungered, afterward hungered, he afterward hungered, sorry, the devil said unto him, if thou, if thou, as my wife was talking about a little while ago, if thou be the son of God, command these stones, command this stone, I'm sorry, that it may be, that it be made bread. Right? The other version says something else. <laughs> so I normally read another verse. It says, and Jesus answered him saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but what? Every word that I receive out of the mouth of God. That was his first response. It is written. And the devil taketh him into a high mountain and showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Right? And, and the devil said unto him, all this power, this is the key, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them, for, for that is delivered unto me, and whomsoever I will give it. So now he's trying to offer him uh, power. That's a bribe because if he passes his test, he's going to get all power. It says, if thou, if thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. Right? So what he's calling all is limited within the circle of what the devil has. So, so he's hoping he doesn't see the whole picture. He just sees the picture that's being revealed to him. Does that happen to the devil or happens to us also? Right? It says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Right? And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down from thence, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now he's telling them, well, tempt God to see if he's really with you. And Jesus answered, said unto him, because he got a little tired of him, it is said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all his temptations, he departed from him for a season, like just to, you know, maybe be another opportunity to test, right? Verse 14, key. Now, remember verse 1, it says, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, right, returned from Jordan. Look at verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee after he passed the test. So it's not enough just to even be filled with the Holy Spirit. You got to pass the test to walk in the power, Right? Why right, it says, and Jesus returned in the power. And look, look, now this is the key. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. Once he passed the test, got the power, then came the fame. Not when he had, had a success, that didn't happen. Not when he was full of the Holy Ghost, that didn't happen. Not because he was in the wilderness, that didn't happen. He had, and not because he passed a test. He had to pass all the tests, Right? Then he came out in power, and it says his fame went through out. But you can see that that's just a stage that his fame went through out. So if you go here to 
verse 18. Look at this. Now, now, now he's operating different. Remember, he was telling people, like, hey, don't say nothing. Don't say nothing about me. Don't say what happened. Now he's operating a little different. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, them that are without. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are, bu that are bu bru bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. You drop down here to verse... 32. All right, so now you got this power. He's walking in this power. Well, I'll start verse 31. And came, to, and, and came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days, right? It says, and, and they were astonished, look, at his doctrine, for his word was with power. Like, like, he was so filled with power, even when he spoke, the power came through his words, right? And in the synagogue, there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone, what have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who, who thou art, the Holy One of God. Because of his powerful words, they couldn't sit around him. Can unclean spirits sit around us? Right? And Jesus rebuked him, saying, hold thy peace, come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the mist, he came out of him and hurt him not. And they, look, look, and they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, what a word is this? For with authority and power, he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. Look at verse 37. And the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. Now, look at the stages here. And then look at what's the, what's the fruit of walking in this power and passing test. He didn't have to say nothing. It didn't say Jesus said I was, I, it said the power came on me, but Jesus didn't claim his own fame, right? He spoke and, and the response was because of his power, right? So something happens there. So, so again, he passed the flesh test. This is my son, all right? The, the wilder, he passed the wilderness uh, and then his fame went the wild. So, he went through endorsement, wilderness, and then, then became famous. Now, God make us, makes our name great, you know. Um, and so when we're in a governor's stage, he's trying to prepare us for this great name so we can handle it. So it's, 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 it may be a guarantee that we're going to have platforms. It's not a guarantee we're going to be able to handle the platforms when we get there. So, so every one of us have been afforded a name. Very few allow it to be made great. Every one of us has been afforded a name, but very few of us allow it to be made great. Let's look here at 2 Samuel 7 real quick. All right, so in this, this governor's, this servant stage, it's not torture. It's an opportunity for God to prepare you to handle a great name. And when we don't embrace that the process of being a servant, of course, if we stay a child, that's an obvious thing. Well, God can't take us to these platforms. It's to God's advantage for us, our name to be great, 
if we pass the test because what we're going to draw people to him. People are going to come and be drawn by the power that happens through us, but what we're going to do when they come to us, we're going to send them to him, right? Right, so, so just, just to exist and keep going through the motions and going through the motions and going through the motions, that doesn't work to God's advantage at all. He needs us passing some tests, right? So Second Samuel 7, 9, look at this. Um, so, so this is God talking to 2 Samuel 7, verse 9. That's what I said, right? Didn't I say that? Thank you. Interesting. All right, so this is God communicating to David, right? He says, and I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest, and have cut off all thy enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee, look, a great name like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Like he took the time to make him aware, yeah, you've gone through a process, but I haven't left you. I was the only footprint in the sand when you was going through stuff. But again, we, we go through our processes to so God can make our name great. We go through our tests. Man, just see it through. Pass it through. Don't stop to keep assessing it. See it through. On, you're gonna, on the other side, you'll come out uh, great. See, this is the thing. Uh, moments happen because the force moving it is greater than the force against it. Moments happen because... The force moving in is greater than the force against it. See, so no matter what comes against you, the force moving you is greater. And so God's going to forge greatness out of that. Great strength comes from great resistance, right? So we don't want to be hasty with trying to get to the next level called inheritance because we may miss out on something we need to handle the inheritance, um, the scriptures in Proverbs 20, 20, well, we'll just go there real quick. We don't have to rush. Proverbs 20. So Proverbs 20, verse 21, it says, An inheritance may be gotten hastily at the beginning, but the end thereof shall not be blessed. So we're not trying to rush into an inheritance because if you don't have what it takes to handle it, it's going to be temporary, right? And so, so, so this servant level, this governor level, this servant level, um, uh, something I learned in this, uh, uh, this book I read by Juanita Bynum some years ago, uh, servanthood proves the fact that you have truly become a child of God. So, so when you've really embraced servanthood, you know, I'm not talking about you see me? You know, my granddaughter, she's at the little dance game. You see me? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about it's, 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 it's who I am. It's what I do. Well, you, know, you know, it's not selective service. And you can tell selective service because soon as somebody, soon as if, uh, that person reaches a limit, they're irritable. They're looking around. How come nobody else is doing what I'm doing? Because nobody else is going to get the blessings you get. Right? You know, but, but it, it's, servanthood doesn't have a limit. You know, if nobody else is coming, good, you get all the blessing, right? Um, and so, so when you truly become a God, servanthood shows that. See, for example, just like the gift of tongues is a manifestation that you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, servanthood and faithfulness are manifestations that say, I have been given the, a measure of faith in God, and I've been faithful in serving. You know what I'm saying? Like, so servanthood shows 
I'm submerged, right, in God. I'm submerged in faith. Uh, I got this also from Juanita Bynum. I believe it's not a, for some reason, I don't have it indicated in my notes, uh, but I don't write like this. So it says, listen to me. One of the first signs that you are in the right spiritual home isn't that you feel like, isn't that you feel like withdrawn or being indifferent. It is when your spirit becomes humbled to the point that you ask, what could I do? When your spirit gets to a place where you say, what can I do? So a lot of times when we're not in humility, why they ain't doing this? Why they ain't doing this? Why ain't doing that? But when you really cross over in the servanthood, you're always looking for an opportunity to get done what you see not done, not uh, complain about it, right? Right? Uh, John 10, 15 says, as the father knoweth me, even so now I the father and lay down my life for the sheep. Like, so, so, so Jesus operated as a, I'm laying down my life. So, so, so when you're in this stage, this, this servant stage, this stage requires extreme patience. So let's go here to James chapter one. It's a familiar scripture we've learned through, um, survival kit. Love this passage of scripture, James, James 1, uh, 2 through 4. It says, my brethren, count it all joy. How much? When you fall into diverse temptations or different tests and trials or different times of measurement where you're being measured. It says, knowing this, being assured of this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. It works patience out. But let patience have its perfect work. Don't restrain it. Don't fight it. Don't, don't get antsy. Allow yourself to rest in patience. That you may be perfect and entire. Wanting nothing. Another version says lacking nothing. Right? And so a lot of times we've been, we've cheated patience's opportunity to be employed uh, in our lives, and, and, and we, we, we kind of hire patients like we contract. You know, we have certain contracted employees, you know, or every once in a while I might have gotten a part-time job. But, but most of the time we contract patients like, hey, patients, we're hiring you for this particular time. Just want to let you know, bro, like now your contract may be up at a certain period. Like, and then, you know, we, we keep, you know, calling them back in for contracts, you know, as opposed to getting them a permanent job. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we just keep calling them back in. Hey, you, hey, you know what? You know, I'm, you know, I was just going through stuff right now. I'm just going to need some patience. And you know, we hire them for a while, and then we keep going back and forth. No, 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 no. We need to, patience needs to be a permanent employee, lifetime employee, all right? Um, for us to navigate and get through this stage so we can get our inheritance. I mean, this, this stage of servanthood, is a, it's, it's, it's tougher than a child because there's a level of naivety with a child. There's stuff that you don't see. There's, as we were talking about on Sunday, there's some ignorance there. You know, I don't know. I'm immature. You know, you know I remember we took our grandkids out shopping. So everybody went and got their stuff. And so they all had the same amount of money. And so one of them... Uh, was smart enough to get a bunch of toys. So the other person wanted to get 
you know, a few clothes, and they like nice stuff, so it costs more. So we got home, another person's playing with the toys. Well, the other person's sad, crying, you know, in tears, what's going on? Well, they got more than me. Well, actually, no, they didn't. <laughs> you just chose different. But she wasn't tripping. She was a child, right? Now, some of us act like that as an adults because we haven't matured from that stage, but... Oh, no, it, it was a result of choice, right? Right? And, and so, <laughs> all right, so, so, so this is the thing. Like, we, at this stage, it takes, after, when you cross out of that child stage, yes, I think when you wake up, you go, you know, either you go on being childish or you realize, I just can't stay, I can't stay here. I'm going to have to grow up, you know? But the servant stage, since you don't have the exact, time of service, that could be a little frustrating. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you, you know how we want? We want advanced information. <laughs> All right, so how long is this process going to be? I mean, I mean, you know, when I'm walking in my car and stuff. I just want to know, just in case I decide I don't want to do this. How long? Because I'm going to tell you right now, if I knew how long, I probably wouldn't have done it. I said probably. I wouldn't have done it. Now that I've done it, and if I had that information, I would have done it. But I didn't have that information. Like, even when I heard the possibilities of what it could take, I was like, oh, surely it wouldn't take that long. All I've been through in my life. You know how we tell ourselves, all I've been, ain't got nothing to do with, most of the stuff I went through, I caused. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not talking about the early years where I, where I went through, you know, rejection or whatever, abuse or what have you. It wasn't my fault, but it was my responsibility. Because going steps forward was me. And I caused so much craziness and delayed even more. So now I'm trying to grandfather that in as I've been through a lot. So just sign me up for whatever this purpose train is. It doesn't work that way, right? I so so this patience here is forged in worship. So I need this patience, but it's forged, it's carved out, it's engraved in worship, right? Because you got to be still and know that he's God in worship, right? I, we were talking about the other day about, uh, you know, I, I, I talked to you guys, what was that? It was Planet Change, and one of the stages is to sit and listen to God. You know, be quiet yourself before God. Well, that ain't that easy, is it? Mind me running around. I got to pick this up. I got to do this. What time I got to be there? Like, like, and, and you have an opportunity to be with God. You know, and you thinking about God. Then you trying to do what you do in people's lives. You trying to simulate like you with God, thinking he's going to show up. That don't work either. Like you can't control in worship. You just got to yield all the way, right? And that's hard, right? If we're honest, that's hard. I mean, you can come to the altar and fall down before the Lord even hits you. You know why? Because a part of you don't believe. But you would have to yield. You have to practice yielding, right? And so it takes patience to do that, doesn't it? You jump out of God's presence. Here, you're praying. God's about to send you the answer. You done got up and left. It's like, hey, 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 hey. I thought you wanted the answer to that, you know. All right, see you tomorrow. <laughs> How often do we do that, right? So James chapter 5, verse 7, I'm going to read it out of Amplified. James 5, verse 7, you can write that down. 
It says, so be patient, brethren, as you wait till the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits expectantly for the precious harvest from the land. See how he keeps up his patient vigil over it until it receives the early and the late rains. So you also must be patient, establish your heart, strengthen and confirm them in the final certainty for the coming of the Lord is very near. See, that farmer is interesting. He can't see nothing, but he's believing for everything. He's laboring for something that has not manifested yet. Well, he, hey, he's out there watering. He's out there doing his thing, believing for something that he can't go on the ground. He can't push it up. He can't control the weather. He can't control the climate. He's patiently waiting. And he's, he's spread. Like, look, see, some of us have never really had land. But if you, if you look at the acres that they have and all the work that they do to put all the seed out in the farm and constantly go out there every day with all this property, believing that a harvest will come. It's not going to be a famine. It's not going to be a drought. Look at the patience it takes. See, some of us, if we was farmers, we spend most of our time under the ground trying to push up that fl- th- those plants. I know you're in here somewhere. I'm gonna get, we, get up. <laughs> get on up. Right, right? That, that, that's how we would flow. You can't do that. Right? You got to what? You got to allow it. Like we'd be sitting there looking at the ground. I know you in there. I know you in there. It's been some weeks. When you coming out? <laughs> no, you can't do that, right? You water, relax. Right? And this is what this saying. So uh, Psalm 37, 7 says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And so I, I, as I was meditating on this stage of being a servant, in this stage also, you know, you're, you're guided. Like, like God sends guides through this stage. You know, because, you know, again, you're on the tutors and governors into the point in time of the father. So you got, the, you got the, the tutor stage is when you're a child. The governor stage is when you're a servant. You have guides. And you have people that have a spiritual, paternal, maternal um, uh, uh, I, guess, I don't know, presence about them, right? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 4. 1 Corinthians 4. Again, we're talking about the heir's life. And we're just talking about the servant stage. Um, because ultimately an heir is, their future is supposed to be an inheritance, right? I mean, that's, that's what the hope is. <laughs> Something coming, right? More than what I've had, exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask or think, Right? That's an inheritance. Right, so, so uh, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 15. It says, though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. Right? Um, it says, for this cause have I sent unto you Timothy, who is beloved son, faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you uh, into a remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I, as, as I teach everywhere in every church. So he says, I got a guy that's embraced everything that 
it's been imparted into me. So I'm sending him to you so you can, you can actually have the same, so you can actually have the same foundation, the same fundamentals, the same diligence and discipline so you can get your inheritance too. Uh, let's see, the, uh, I'm assuming this is the Passion Translation and I just put the wrong alphabet. I got TBT, so I know that ain't right. <laughs> so it's TBT, right? It says, for although you could have countless babysitters in Christ telling you what you're doing wrong, you don't have many fathers who correct you in love. But I'm a true father to you, for I, for I became your father when I gave you the gospel and brought you into union with Jesus, the anointed one. So I encourage you, my children, to follow the example that I lived before you. Right? And so, so in this process... It's not it's you're serving, but you're watching and you're learning and you're following. Hebrews 13, 7, obey those that have rule over you whose faith follow, right? So this stage, you're, you're learning some things. Uh, I'll, I'll read that to amplify Hebrews 13, 7. It says, remember your leaders and superiors in, in authority, for it was they who brought to you the word of God. Observe attentively and consider their manner of living, the outcome of their well-spent lives, and imitate their faith, their conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things, the provider and bestower of eternal salvation through Christ, and their leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. That's what you want to, that's sometimes what we're missing, right? Remember what I said earlier, there's stages like where I watch uh, young men or young ladies, like, well, I don't want to do it because you told me. Because then, then it's going to be like, I've only achieved this because of your input. Exactly, Right? And, and, and this is the thing, when you're following people that God has set before you or out ahead of you, you're following their faith, not their fake. And in our culture now, we follow fake quick. Anything that looks, that, that, that has the, the proper graphics or seems exciting or is popular, we follow. We got to sharpen our discernment. You just can't be following everything. You know, I was talking to somebody a while ago, and they were saying they spent a lot of time watching uh, uh, a particular, I'm just going to say a particular person. So I, so, so, so I said, well, how often do you watch the messages at the church? Uh, you know, it was like very rarely. I said, well, that's interesting. I said, because, it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting these supplements. I said, but you don't even know that person. I said, so... Like, and guess what? They don't know you. They're not correcting you. They're not challenging you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you can't get the truth and love from that person, right? I know a person went to a major ministry, and I was talking to him. We was hooping one day, talking to him. He's like, yeah, man, a man of God spoke into me. I said, how you did? I said, so, so what did he say when he called you up? Oh, he didn't call me up. You know, he was just talking, you know. So he just kept simulating, like, a connection. But that really never happened. And in some cases, he ain't know him. 
You know what I'm saying? Like you're you're at the you're in the building, but you you don't really know you, because you haven't pressed in. If if you're hovering, like you're you're not even in proximity to you, uh, uh, what you sow into, you draw from. See, when as a servant, I'm, I'm I'm giving myself into, I'm drawing from, and you pull on the spirit of those that's leading you, right? And so 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 this is important. Again, you follow faith, not fake. And there's a lot of fake uh, out here. I, I didn't say no names because I'm not trying to uh, put nobody down, but I'm just saying you got to really sharpen your discernment. See, it all starts with what did God tell you? You know, I have a phenomenal relationship with my wife, and that's my best friend. It started with what God told me. That's your wife. That's what it started with. Whatever else happens, that's my wife. So think about it. She did not orchestrate for me to come to Columbus, Ohio. She didn't call me up. She didn't meet me on, online. She didn't, like, present one picture and she looks another way. <laughs> that wasn't nice. Uh, right? But she didn't do none of that. There, she had nothing to do. She didn't even tell me to leave a church on a Sunday and go, up to, go to the church she was at. She didn't tell me to leave the hallway and come into the service. She didn't tell me nothing. She didn't tell me to approach her. She had nothing to do with us connecting. It, well, she had something to do. I'm sure she was praying, but I'm saying it was, it was God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Guess what? We had nothing to do with you guys being at this church. And, and the same confidence we have in criticism, that's the same confidence that we had when God told us to be here. Right? So it starts with obedience, right? Once, it, once you start with what God tells you to do, now you grow from there. You go through whatever it takes. You pass your test. You go through the wilderness, right? You don't keep jumping around. That's why, that's why I was not getting married until God said that was my wife. I ain't jump around. Mar I've been married to that one person one time in my life. And met, married her, engaged her in five months, married her in ten. And I'm not, like, talking to a bunch of other people, like supplementing my relationship with all these other people I talk to. I'm going to get what God wanted me to get out of that woman. When I went to Columbus Christian Center, God told me to go to that church. I was going to my sister's church, doing Bible study with her, uh, Bible study or Sunday school preparation on Saturday nights. Sometimes I would, if she was out of town, I would teach her class. I was, I, that's the first church I ever joined. God told me, to move. Once God told me to move, because again, it was a different, I had to learn some different things that I need to get myself together. Once he told me to do that, I had only been there a year. First church I've adjourned, I was there a year. When I, when I went to Columbus Christian Center, God said I was supposed to be here. I endured whatever they threw at me for 18 years. And didn't leave. Actually, we transitioned. You know, it wasn't like we was disgruntled when we left. But didn't leave until God said it was time after some conversations with the pastor to transition into what God told us that we was called to do. So whatever they threw up, now I wasn't jumping around. No, I didn't even know what they was doing in other churches. We went to 16 churches when we came out here. Because I was like, first I met a guy 
playing basketball. I said, let's go to, I've never been to a Presbyterian church. Let's go to see what they do, right? Then I said, you know what? Let's just go to churches and see. I never seen what churches, a bunch of churches are doing because I was tied up in the church I was at and whatever churches they were connected to. So we went to Presbyterian church. We went to, well, I don't want to say all the names, but we went to some churches around 16. Very interesting dynamic going out here. <laughs> in the body, <laughs> right? You know, like, I was, I, there was a lot of wild moments. And it was some phenomenal moments, but I'm saying, but it was a lot of wild moments, right? Right. But, but that's the only time I'm all over the place, right? That's, that's the only time I'm messing up my diet, taking in all this other n- n- nutrients that's not healthy, right? All right, so let's go, let's go into... Um, this third stage, we'll spend just a little bit of time with this, and then we'll probably get deeper in it next week. Uh, and that's the inheritance stage. All right? So remember, you're on the Tuesday governors at the point in time of the father, right? That the heir differeth nothing from a servant as long as he's a child, but it's on the tutors and governors to the point in time of the... No, the heir differs nothing from the servant. Lord of all. That's what I was looking for, like, because that's the, the stage. Right? So I, was, I was like... Um, Though he may be Lord of all, right? So the inheritance stage is when you're Lord of all, right? That's stage three, when you're Lord of all. Right, and uh, I, was, I read this well, probably in the 90s, uh, this book, uh, Spiritual Inheritance by Juanita Bynum. Uh, it's a real good book, actually. Um, and, and I got this thought out of it. Uh, it's important that you recognize when God sends you spiritual parents to prepare you for receiving your spiritual inheritance from, from God. God does this to strategically protect our future inheritance. You know, you remember on, um, in uh, Genesis 25, 34 through 39, you can write it down, but that's when you had Esau had a birthright and just threw it away for, for some oatmeal, you know, like, it was his birthright. He had an opportunity to be birthed into this greatness we're talking about and was impatient and took a meal in exchange for what, he, what was his right. What are we exchanging for our inheritance? our birthright? And have we embraced what we've done? Like, like, because, you know, sometimes you could, you could, you, you, we could have did it Esau and just blew it off like, I don't know what you're talking about, right? So that's Genesis uh, 25, 34 through 39. So God's jo- chosen vessels yield to God's brokenness to speak to our hearts. So, so, so what we do is to get this inheritance, we, we, we yield, you know, like, like we embrace brokenness. Not just our ears, um, but our portion of empowering words from God. And so we, we, we open up to what God has said. The scripture says, except a, for, a corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, it can't bring forth fruit. And so a lot of times God is giving us life-changing words that's breaking off what's, what's restricting us from elevating into our inheritance. But we're trying to get around it. We're trying to excuse it. We're trying to be in denial. Because some of us have a default stubbornness, right? Like we only go but so far because 
what it takes for us to get our inheritance is going to be outside of our convenience. What it's going to take for us to get our inheritance is going to be outside of our convenience. And, and so that's why we're talking about the message on, these messages connect, but the message is on Sunday on uh, reflected, ref, reflections of reality, something like that. Uh, yeah, but, but because we're going to have to embrace the realities with the holdup here, here, especially going into the vision for next year, you know, so this is supposed to be a year for breakthrough for a reason because of what's going to happen next year. And so there's a reality breakthrough. We, so the brokenness uh, in the book, um, The Release of the Spirit, Watchman Nee talks about how when you go through brokenness, it releases what's in your spirit. And so what it is, it takes off that outer shell of the attitudes, the fears, the stubbornness, it, it breaks all of that. And so a lot of times, just like Jesus spoke words with power and the unclean spirit got up, well, God puts men and women of God around you to speak authoritative words in your life, not to treat you like a slave, but to break off that outer man to release what's in you so you'll be ready for your inheritance. But we, we attack, we fight, we resist, we run, Sometimes we dismiss ourselves and isolate ourselves when we're, we're getting what we prayed for. Like when you pray for something, your inheritance and your blessing, God normally sends what it takes to break you. We trying to get around it. Whoa, whoa. Uh, Jeanette, that almost broke me. That almost broke me, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, what, what? Yeah. Like we, we actually think that's a good thing. No, the brokenness is a good thing. We were talking about uh, uh, someone young that's in our lives that we care about, and they're going through some humility. I was like, I'm not really even that bothered by it because it's going to keep him humble. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to break what's on him that's suppressing greatness. There's things, like, do you honestly think you're just supposed to be getting by? But some of you are okay with it. I'm just getting by. I'm okay. Just leave me right over here. I'm okay. God ain't okay with that. God wants to make your name great. Right? See, this is the thing. We have to know this. We have to know only that which is resurrected from brokenness will change our lives. Only that which is resurrected from brokenness will change our lives. And so when God tells us things like, like, and these are stretching, obey those that have rule over you. Be faithful in another man's and God will give you your own. Like, that's not, a, that's not a punishment, that's an opportunity. So, so everyone, so uh, Minister James was uh, ordained, I set apart. You know, Ms. Lamar was ordained in uh, 2017. April 2017, I only know that because I had to redo his plaque, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have all the dates of very, but, but uh, and so when people are set apart, now we talked about, uh, Pastor Mel read through the different disciples and how they, different personalities. I so similar to Jesus being, this is my son who I'm well pleased. 
right? So there's still, at, at new levels, there's new tests. But the goal is for them to pass the test so, so you'll follow their faith, but also you'll open. See, to follow their faith, you got to stay open to hear the authoritative words that sometimes going to break you to release what's in you. And so what it takes for somebody to be in a position to lead great people is they have to be unmovable based on their little funk, their little attitudes. They still have to give them the authoritative words of power that's going to break what's holding back their greatness. Some people run. That's why we have a culture of accommodating messages. Because the person says, I got my greatness, too bad, so sad. You just keep looking at me. But people that care about you will, will allow you to be broken so you will be on your platform of greatness. So that's going to take the truth and love. And that's why you don't have many fathers. <laughs> you have a lot of pacifiers, but you don't have a lot of fathers. <laughs> you have a lot of accommodators, but not many fathers, because very few people really want to go through, go through what it takes, right? All right, so, you know, be faithful in another man's God gives you your own. Um, Juanita Bynum said this. I got this from her. I know her, her name is in here. It says, our introduction to a ministry should be based on divine connection, communication, and relationship with the leadership, not based on activities. See, a lot of times we're running for activities, no, 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 no. We want to run for the connection that's going to assist us in breaking what's been holding us back. Do you know you can participate in activities and bring all your weight into the activities and leave out with it? You can have fun carrying weight. Do you know that? <laughs> well, we had a good time today. <laughs> and then walk right back in your house with the same mess. Walk right back in your house snapping on people, getting a funky attitude because things didn't go your way. He just did it this week, so you know what I'm talking about, right? Where'd that come from? It ain't broken yet. That's where it came from. It ain't broken yet. And you haven't submitted it to the breaker. <laughs> oh, all right. So, so we as sheep must be led to avoid being easily entangled uh, being easily entangled in negative influences that may magnify issues versus magnifying God. I'll repeat that. We as sheep must be led to avoid being easily entangled um, in negative influences that magnify issues versus magnifying God. And see, this is the thing. Like, when, I, when I'm running from, from the breaking, right, I, I'll run to the pacifying. And the pacifying is always magnifying issues, not God, right? The scripture says don't be tossed to and fro by what? Every wind of doctrine, right? Right? And then let's, 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 let's end here. Yeah, for the sake of time, we'll end here, and then we'll pick up on... Uh, Solomon's son next week. Uh, so in the second Corinthians six. Again, the heir's life 
is the life of inheritance exceedingly abundantly above all you can eat? You can ask or think. Um, it's it's um, I've given you the power to get wealth. It's all this wonderful stuff. It's walking in purpose. You know, yeah. I was sharing with this uh, with this. Uh, well, he's a former coach. He's not coaching now. Um, he's in business now. But I was sharing with him today. I said, man, it's, it's a it's a wonderful thing to be around a family growing together. And 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 I always, I, I transparently, I always say, you always got your twos and fuse kicking and screaming. I always say that, right? But but I always say that because you do got your twos and fuse. do you know? Uh, like I'm growing too. So so at my worst, I'm not. I'm not. I don't curse. I'm not going to trip. But I am sarcastic. I, I could be sarcastic at my worst. But that sarcastic is. Learning how to, to, uh, to just go ahead and release the strong authoritative words. Like sometimes, and take this the right way, sometimes I care too much. I'm like, that's going to be, uh, that ain't going to be the hand of that. Let me water that down, but then it'll come out sarcastically. When I don't water it down, <laughs> I'm not evil. It's, this is God, what God told me to say. And so, so <laughs> boy, it's all coming out today, Lord. All right, so, so when I say kicking and screaming, the twos and fuse, the twos and fuse don't want that word. They don't want that brokenness. They're trying to get around it. And, 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 but at the same time, their inner man, the spirit is indeed willing, wants it, but their natural man is fighting it at the same time. You know, it's like, it's, you, you ever have a conversation, you'd be like, you seem like the person is, is throwing you off because it's like, you know, hey, oh, oh, this is good. This is good. How about this one? See, just tell me like it is, you know, because I'm, 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 I'm type person. Just tell me like it is. And then you tell them like it is, and the reaction is like way extreme from somebody that wants you to tell it like it is. You're like, why you just set me up like that? Because in their spirit man is saying, hey, hey, tell me like it is. I need this. But their flesh is like, man, are you, hey, you ain't asked me. <laughs> you ain't check with me. You know, like you, when you exercise, and you ain't worked out in a while, your brain's telling you you can do something that your body's not ready for. So I think your spirit is telling you to say something that your body ain't ready for, right? You understand what I'm saying? So that's why I say kicking and screaming, twos and fuse. But I did say this. I said, man, I said, like, like as, a, as a whole, this is, as a whole, man, it's a wonderful situation to just watch people growing together. And we were talking this morning, and, and somebody shared uh, something to assist someone. I thought it was a good truth. But they did one of my numbers in a different way. They weren't sarcastic. They kind of like, okay. They started apologizing for saying what God, what God told them to say, right? But it actually was, it was in love. No, no funk. No, it was, it was, it was right on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's good to be in a family with somebody would say that, because otherwise you're not being fair to the person. So I'm not being fair to you if I don't tell you what I'm about to tell you right now. I'm just, I'm just playing. <laughs> right. All right, so 2 Corinthians four, uh, 6, 14, right? And then we'll end here, okay? Y'all good, good with that? Y'all received that? All right. All right, so look, look. Okay, so this is good. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. The key word is there what? Unbelievers, right? It didn't say 
you know, you got Christians as unbelievers too, right? It's talking about believing, right? It says, it says, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? It's interesting. I had a conversation about this this week. <laughs> but uh, it says, and what communion has light with darkness? Now, it's saying fellowship and communion. Obviously, we're going out to reach people, right? Share the gospel with people. We navigate every day around people unless you're just stuck in a house, right? But it's talking about fe fellowship is a little different, right? And, and communion is even at a whole nother level, right? It says, so what communion has light with darkness? And it says, what concord has Christ with uh, Belial? And, and what part has he that believeth with an infidel, right? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? It covered every angle. For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Verse 17, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, look, and I will receive you. But it's almost saying if you touch the unclean thing and you don't come out from among them, I'm not receiving you. You, you, you see that, right? Y'all reading that? Y'all reading the same thing I'm reading? All right, so, so that means I'm not going to be in environments where people are just soothing me because I'm pacifying their compromise or they're pacifying mine. You see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm living around truth. I'm living around situations that are going to stretch me and break me, not living around situations that's going to Make me comfortable where I'm at. Now, 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 all of this is not accurate, but they was talking about one of the professions, and they were saying that the profession actually makes you comfortable where you're at. And they were talking about the areas of medicine. Like, it, it actually uh, relie relieves symptoms. You know, like we used to put the little gel on our knees in college. Well, it numbed the pain. It didn't heal the knee. So... So now we're going beyond, like the, the, the pain tells us, hey, you've gone too far, check your engine. We numb the pain so we can continue going beyond that limit that the pain was telling us to go, and we were damaging our knees even more. Like you have a whole lot of former athletes with knee replacements. Because you're not, numbing it doesn't mean it's fixed. And you're not feeling the check engine light. So you can not just, okay, ignore your check engine light on your car. Check engine light, just say check your engine. Could just change your oil, fix some plugs. Keep ignoring it. Your engine will blow up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you see the difference? Yeah, so, so, so this is saying, like, don't. Don't run into situations where, where it's, it's, uh, it's numbing you to the, the, the check or the brokenness that says, hey, let me help you change. Let's get this off of you. Let's, let's break you out of this so, we, so you can now start to soar because we can't carry that. I was talking about this morning about the whole yeah, I've been talking to all these different health people. Just, just want to be in best health. Uh, so some people you you figure out, oh, that's different, and uh, maybe that's not working. So we, we, we 
it's, it's, it's worth it to us. So this toxins, just learning about toxins, which I already knew, you know, toxins lead to cancer and stuff like that. But I didn't realize how it affects how you think. Your, 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 your energy levels, your whole vitality, it affects how much you're going to read the word. Because you don't feel like it. Because you got all these toxins in your body. Like some people, do you know some people, their mental illness is a result of it's too many toxins in their body. Hormones going wild, toxins. Defensiveness, toxins. It all equates to toxins. And we walk around and just like, just blow these things off and be adding in more. Because <laughs> all this stuff we eat that don't go nowhere creates toxins. So I've been doing all the uncomfortable stuff, the colonics and all that. Man, forget all that. Look, what's not exposed can't be helped. I've been exposing myself so I can get help. I don't, hey, ain't nobody trying to be cool. I'm trying to be healthy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but I can't bring in the pride and stuff like that. Like, I had a lymphat what's it? Lymph lymphatic? Lymphatic massage? I never even heard of that. But once I heard what it was for, we doing that too. Like, I, the, what's the colonoscopy? Is that what you said? I thought that was like, I was like, okay, well, that's, that's every, what, five years or so. I just got to, you know, expose myself every five years. But now this, the colonic thing is like, you know, you do it, and they want you to do it closer together. So I did one, and I did one two months later. So I did one yesterday or the day before yesterday. She's like, well, you know, it's probably good that you do it, like, come back next week. I was like, really? That's how we're doing it now? You know what I'm saying? But that's how you get healthy. Okay. He's talking about health stuff. I'm still talking about the heir's life. We got to break this stuff off of us. And, 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 and oh, I don't want to be gross. All right, so, but when, they, when they're doing stuff, some stuff is stuck. And, and so, you know, the massaging machine, they'll, they'll take the massaging machine because it got to be broken up to get it out. <laughs> you don't get it. See, so, so, so sometimes you got to go through a brokenness to get it out. Right? Well, but, but again, my wife said this earlier. My wife said this. She said, you can get the information. Remember we talked about Sunday, mental ascent. And if you don't meditate on or apply it, you can do something totally opposite of it. You're talking to somebody, and she told them, and they had to click off. But then when they came back, they was like, oh, my God, you're right. I, I, I was about to go right back into the, the other thought. Like, it's like It was like some minutes later. You understand what I'm saying? So we, like, we think it's enough. I realize. I, I did, no, I apply. Right? And so, so that's all for today, you know, I'm talking about the heirs' life. Like, I'm, I'm taking my time because I want to set the foundation. So as we cross over in this whole, what it's all about inheritance, especially with the vision is for next year, like, it's real to us. You know, people are going into every year in these different visions. New Beginnings was, uh, uh, it was our eighth year. The, the year was New Beginnings. In the eighth month, we closed on the building. We closed on our house. All types of New Beginnings start happening in that year. Some people was, was, was watching like, wow. No, it's, it's for us to experience. 
But if we have all these restrictions, we'll be too anchored in our past to actually elevate into what God's trying to do. Right? And we don't want that to happen. <laughs> it's funny. He said, drinking that water. My people. All right, any thoughts or insights based on, based on what you uh, heard today? 